Welcome to another episode of 5 Minutes with Jim. Before Nissan and Toyota challenged the dominance of Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler in the United States auto industry, it was a legion of smaller manufacturers that vied for a share of the market. A few, such as Peerless, Willis, Overland, and Auburn, were never able to be counted as serious contenders. Other companies, however, claimed a serious market share and pushed the envelope for technological innovation. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Before sharing some highlights from Hudson and some of the other independent companies, I'd like to say thank you to the Boys of the Road crew for our great theme song, as well as their wonderful road trip inspiring tunes. Take a listen at roadcrew66.com. Between its establishment in 1909 and World War II, Hudson Motor Company was an industry leader in technological and engineering advancements. The Hudson was the first mass-produced American vehicle to feature four-wheel brakes. They were the first company to offer idiot lights, warning lights on the dashboard for oil pressure and generator operation. The 1916 Hudson Super 6, introduced in 1916, was the first car built with a balanced crankshaft that allowed for higher engine speeds, key to the success of the cars in racing. When the company adopted hydraulic brakes, an innovative system that used a secondary mechanical emergency brake system as well as parking brake was introduced as a safety system. While many companies used a leather-faced cone clutch, Hudson Transmissions used a cork-faced clutch in an oil bath. Nash Motors Company was established in Kenosha, Wisconsin in 1916. The list of innovations first introduced by this company is extensive. In 1938, introduced to standard equipment, was a combination heat and ventilation system that is almost unchanged from what is used in cars today. In 1941, the company became the first to use unibody construction. Even though it was a short-lived option, as the consumer saw it as a reflection on the car's safety, Nash introduced seat belts in 1950. The company introduced the successful compact car, the Rambler, in 1950. It was also a muscle car pioneer as the 1957 Rambler Rebel, the first factory-produced intermediate-sized high-performance car, was the fastest stock car produced that year. A total of 1,500 Rebels were produced in 1957. Options included an integrated air conditioning system, the all-weather eye. Also available was the Bendix Electrojector Electronic Fuel Injection System, a Rambler Rebel with the optional EFI was tested by Motor Trend, and they recorded this sedan going faster from a standing start than the 1957 Chevrolet Corvette with mechanical fuel injection. Studebaker launched its automotive endeavors with an electric vehicle designed by Thomas Edison. In 1913, six-cylinder models were the first production cars to employ the use of monoblock engine casting. In 1926, Studebaker became the first automobile manufacturer in the United States to open a factory proving ground. 
in a highly advanced laboratory for engine testing. In 1936, as an option, Studebaker offered a hill holder package. Invented by Wagner Electric and manufactured by Bendix Brakes Company in South Bend, Indiana, the device held the brake until the clutch is at the friction point, making it easier to start on hills from a stop in manual transmission automobiles without fear of the car rolling back. One can only imagine what the auto industry would have been like without the independent manufacturers that continually challenged the big three. After all, Ford actively fought against the installation of four-wheel brakes until 1928. Henry Ford also spent thousands of dollars in advertising to convince the world that hydraulic brakes were unsafe, and he did not install this system on Ford cars until 1940. Folks, we must bid adios for this week. Join us next week for another episode of 5 Minutes with Jim, an adventure through time. And on Sunday at 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time for the live stream Coffee with Jim program on the Jim Hinckley's America Facebook page. To wrap this up, I need to give a shout out to the Roadrunner Lodge in Tucumcari, New Mexico, a near perfect blending of the past and present, a living time capsule where the traveler is assured a restful night's sleep after an adventuresome day on Route 66. Thank you for joining us. Until we meet again, mi amigos, adios. See you next week. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.